Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August 29th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide, and absolutely the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley's with me. His collegiate series and lifelong goal to match to preserve the nation. Man, I'm absolutely 100% unified in that goal. And Dr. Scott Bradley uh, has a website, freedomsrisingsun.com, to where you can find that collegiate series and details there. Uh, you can also be engaged in the weekly webinars he conducts and a whole lot more Q&As on the Constitution, really relating modern society to how we can constitutionally uh, understand things and carry them out, et cetera. Just does a phenomenal job. Welcome back, Doctor. Well, thank you. Um, it just seems like the weeks fly by. We hardly take a breath, and we're back with you for another round of this kind of rousing review of all the challenges that face the nation and solutions, too. Amen to that. Truth-telling is the way we roll, ladies and gentlemen, on your radio. So I got an, uh, a, a Facebook comment, and I don't really monitor Facebook much. I think it's a waste of time, but I do have my guys post on there because until they kick me off, you might as well use that form to spread the word of liberty and that kind of stuff. And so my guys post it, but I got this interesting comment that I saw that I thought was worthy of discussion, doctor. Here's what the Facebook comment said. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if it's a real person. I don't know what. I just, the question matters, though. But the name is Freyadis Virhanen. Virtanen. Anyway, but the question was this. All it says is two words. Which God? That's it. Which God? And you know what? It intrigued me because it's a great question. It's an important question. Uh, you know what, whether it's intended to be a real question or not, because you never know on face, fake book, which God? So I assume that this listener is listening to us when we talk about God, family, and country on your radio all the time. We talk about uh, God of the universe. We talk about our God. We talk about we need to turn to God. We need to obey God's commandments. We need to repent. We need to follow God's direction. We need to love God. It's all about God, family, and country. I mean, the references that we make are ubiquitous. They're everywhere all the time because we believe that's the real answer. Okay, folks, whatever solution we try to put in place to restore America, to preserve liberty, whatever terms you want to use, uh, to preserve the nation, I go on and on. It all comes back to God. Without God, we cannot succeed. We never will. Uh, in fact, Chris Carlson on the radio with us on Saturdays says, you know what, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. Amen to that reality check. But again, it's a fair question, Dr. Bradley. Which God? Uh, and I remember being uh, on a mission. I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
And we would go out and teach people about God and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and we would, you know, talk about who is God. You know, he's the supreme being, the author of the universe, uh, you know. But I had a lot of people say, you know, my God's not your God or your God's not my God. Uh, and they would they would go on about this and say, look, sorry, we just, you know, we believe in Jesus Christ and you don't. And, and then I'd say, well, people, the name of our church is the Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but your God and my God's not the same God. Uh, and we, we would have this discussion that I found fascinating back then. This was, you know, long time ago, 35 years ago kind of stuff, right? 30 plus years ago. Um, and I look at that and I go, you know what? Let's talk about this. Which God are we talking about? And the first thought in my mind is, well, the only true God. That's my first thought. My second thought is, well, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God. Then I get thinking about it a little bit more, and I say, okay, Dr. Bradley, with that set up, then, I want you to then just start on this. Our listener is saying, you guys talk about God all the time. Which God, doctor? Well, let's, let's go back and look at the founding of the nation and the bringing forth of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, how they have God in it, the uh, issues of uh, the uh, First Amendment, the, the uh, religious um, test that's prohibited, and so on and so forth. Um, and the basis of everything that that happened at the founding of the nation, because that's the only th the context you can put it in, because the words that were written at that time have meaning. Those meanings can be known, and we may therefore examine that and what actions were taken by the American founding fathers. And uh, you know, I've got a, a couple of chapters in my book, To Preserve the Nation, that uh, talk about um, religion and morality, and they do a much longer review than we have time for in this little get-together. <coughs> but it's, uh, it's interesting that religious liberty is absolutely uh, protected, but it's interesting also the father of the Virginia Religious Liberties Act, uh, Thomas Jefferson, who by his own admission in his own handwriting uh, admitted to being a Christian, and his uh, life and works reflect that in spite of what the detractors try to say. But the opportunity to worship and, and uh, you know, come to your God that you've chosen uh, is not prohibited by any means in this nation. Uh, and there's an interesting little caveat that uh, Thomas Jefferson stated. He said, the declaration that religious faith shall be unpunished does not give impunity to criminal acts dictated by religious error. That's a very gentle, soft, one-sentence statement that things like honor killings are not allowed in this country. And, um, and so it's, it's a very uh, interesting perspective. Where were they coming from? What did they do? When the very first people were ready to land at the, uh, you know, the land the Mayflower, debark the Mayflower, before they did so, they wrote the uh, Mayflower Compact to remember why they came. And it, it begins with, in the name of God, amen. They're making a covenant. They wanted God in the middle of that covenant. It was between them and God and each other. And they set forth the reasons they came to this land. And, and one of those, in fact, the major reason was the furtherance of the Christian faith. So they were Christians that established this land. Uh, they brought with them the book, if you will, the Bible, 
that um, was uh, put together largely by the people of the Jewish uh, tradition over the years, and then the Christians uh, added to it with the disciples of Christ uh, writing the uh, the New Testament, and and so they brought the book with them. Uh, that was their <laughs> that was their partner, if you will, in everything that they did, and and we watch what they brought forth all every single every single step of the way. Overarching, undergirding, as I say, everything that happened in the development of this nation was a uh, foundational with those principles. And they didn't always live them as best they could. I mean, well, maybe they thought they were, but they they were religiously uh, bigoted against each other of different faiths. And, you know, whether it was the Quakers or the Baptists or the Anglicans or whomever, but over time, they matured and came to understand that this was a very important thing. So uh, the fact of the matter is um, they wanted to protect religious liberty. The Northwest Ordinance of 1787-89 um, uh, wrote of as new territories were embraced uh, that they would have religious liberty. The R Religious Liberties Act of Virginia of 18, uh, excuse me, 1786 uh, that we referred to a moment ago uh, had as its basis the ability for anybody to choose their religion. Uh, the Danbury Baptist letter that uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote at the beginning of his administration that says, no, there's not going to be a religious uh, uh, cult, religion, uh, official, uh, nothing. No, There's no accoutrements officiality. But that did not mean that they were to be adversarial uh, to religion in any way, shape, or form. And, of course, the First Amendment, it was as it was passed uh, in uh, 1789, in September 26th, the very same Congress that passed that, moments after passing it, passed a resolution requiring the first president, George Washington, to declare a religious uh, day of fasting and prayer. And he did so in November of, of 1789. You can read his magnificent uh, proclamation dated the 3rd of October, 1789. So this religious liberty thing, there's no adversarial situation. Those that founded the nation worshiped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whether you were Jewish or, or Christian in this land. Um, the uh, references to God are, you know, the supreme being. The, the, uh, uh, they, they used a number of different uh, words that they referred to him. His, uh, his hand, his finger was always upon them, it felt like, and it was by his grace that the nation was founded. So people can worship, but we must remember that if something is dictated by religious error, like these honor killings that are found under Sharia law, this is not allowed in the country and is prohibited. And, uh, and so we have the privilege of worshiping whom we may. And honestly, I think we, we should find ourselves uh, arm in arm with people that wish to worship their God and go forward together because if one loses it, everybody loses it. Well, let's talk more about that, ladies and gentlemen, because I have a feeling I understand what's behind the question. And whether they w want the real answer or not, I don't know. But we're going to provide it anyway. How's that? This is Liberty Roundtable Live. 
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. That's right. Promoting God, family, and country, ladies and gentlemen. And a Facebook poster commented on our on our notes and stuff. It said, hey, which God are you talking about? Which God is all they said. And I want to talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want to talk about the God of the universe, the only true God. And I think here's where the debate comes, Dr. Bradley, and I think this is the reason for the question and the reason people say, my God is not your God, or you and I don't have the same God. There's a term called the Trinity, where God the Father, His Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are all one, one entity, not really a human or being of some kind, but more of, a, of an entity that can't be described or explained. Uh, God the Father, His Son, and the Holy Ghost, three beings into one. So big he fills the universe, so small he can live in your heart, kind of an idea. Uh, that's the God some believe in. Others believe in <clears throat> not the Trinity, but that God the Father is a perfect man, uh, is a perfect being, uh, and his son Jesus Christ is literally his son, a separate being who lived on the earth and died on the cross and was resurrected to save all mankind. And he does the will of his father. And the Holy Ghost is a third entity. They are three separate beings, but one in purpose. The purpose to bring to pass the immortality of man. And to allow mankind, God's sons and daughters, the offspring of Almighty God, according to the Bible, uh, to allow them to return to their father in heaven. 
and to live with him forever. So to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man is God's primary grand purpose. And that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, three beings, are separate by fact or by nature, physical physical properties, but they are one in purpose, that they have a, a genuine purpose. Now, these two schools of thought on religion are not to be debated and not to be uh, at odds with one another. I agree the nature, the, the, the facts or the details of, of a belief is different, but I submit to you that it's still the same God. And I, you say, why do you say that, Sam? That's, they're so opposing and so different. If you believe one, you can't believe the other. I understand that. I also understand that the early Christians debated this after Jesus Christ was resurrected and went into heaven and he gave them the Holy Ghost as their guide. Uh, they debated these details. And in about 400 AD, as far as I understand, they created the Nicene Creed. Uh, this debate was settled by, quote, religious leaders. And they went with the Trinity view for the most part. Uh, but this was a debated issue and that the early saints believed that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost were three separate beings. Why? Because, well, John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus in the River Jordan while the Father was in heaven while the Holy Ghost came in the form of a dove to bear witness thereof. That would denote three separate beings. But the debate rages on, and what I think we make a mistake about, and the reason that I want to focus so much on this is, look, even if somebody believes in the Trinity, even if uh, the Jews believe that Christ hasn't come yet, they've missed the mark, as some would say, but they would claim that they're right. I'm not interested in these political divides over religion i'm more interested in saying look god is the master of the universe and i accept that you have differing beliefs than i do i support your right to believe as you think best as you see fit what i want to support is our right to have these beliefs but more importantly than even our right to have these beliefs that we can work together to preserve our right to believe differently if we choose And so I speak of a God that is my Father in heaven that's all-loving and all-knowing. I speak of a Father in heaven that's the author of the universe and my liberty. I speak of a heavenly Father who has commandments not to shut me down, but to protect me, to give me guardrails of safety and success, because he ultimately wants me to be able to live with him as his son. And I hope to be able to do those things and return his love and follow his guidance and realize the blessings that he has to offer if I do what he asks me to do. I'm not interested in the political divide over theological differences. Uh, the keys to theology can be debated till the cows come home. I don't know that we'll ever know factually every detail, and we certainly won't be able to convince anybody that we're right. You convince a man against his will and He's still of the same opinion still. Isn't that how it goes? So I don't know that we're going to get anywhere with the, the um, answer to this question, but I want people to understand where I come from. I believe that God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are three separate beings. They are one in purpose. I believe I'm literally the offspring of God Almighty in the Spirit, and therefore He wants me to keep His commandments and eventually live with Him forever. And I hope to make that happen through all that I can do, And then I know I still fall short and I'll never make it. So my efforts combined with the grace of Jesus Christ 
and the sacrifice and ultimate resurrection of the Savior, I hope through those means I can live with my Father in heaven. And, and you know what? Some would say, well, Sam, you think that it's up to you. No, I don't. I just know that faith without works is dead. That's what I know. And so I know that I need to do all that God's asked me to do. That's my part. The rest is up to uh, the Savior Jesus Christ and the great infinite atonement that makes it all possible. So I, you know what? I'm as Christian as Christian gets. I believe in Jesus Christ. I testify that he lives and that he was resurrected. And I testify God the Father and Jesus Christ are interested in my welfare. And they love me and I love them. And I hope to do all that I can to do what they've asked me to do. And then after I do my best, I'm going to trust in God for the rest. That's the father I speak of. That's the God that I teach about. That's the father in heaven that I believe in. God, the father is my answer. Dr. Bradley, do you want to expand on that a little more? Yeah, I know our time is fleeing. And um, so I'll just make a few little quick brief comments. Uh, I would recommend to your readers that they go research the coming forth of the Nicene Creed that you referred to earlier. And uh, they will discover that it was a document brought forth under duress. Uh, and they basically hammered it out uh, w under some pretty stressful conditions. And, and I'll leave that at that. They can do their own research. Uh, but there's a couple of things that we probably ought to say. Thomas Jefferson also wrote... The interests of society require the observation of those moral precepts only in which all religions agree. For all forbid us to murder, steal, plunder, or bear false witness. And by the way, stealing and plunder are socialism. I'm, okay, I came out of, out of his context really quickly. I'll go back to it now. And that we should not intermeddle with the particular dogmas in which all religions differ and which are unconnected with morality, the practice of morality being necessary for the well-being of society. We all agree in the obligation of the moral precepts of Jesus, and nowhere will they be found delivered in greater purity than in his discourses. End of quote. Okay, so this mor moral basis of a free society is essential, and the morality of society is what laws are based on. Where you say, oh, you can't legislate morality. Well, I, I've got an idea that if a law doesn't have a moral basis, we ought to revisit it. Then just a quick, uh, just a few lines from Tom, um, excuse me, George Washington's farewell address. Um, he, he wrote this at the close of his administration. Of all the dispositions, dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, morality are indispensable supports. I'm going to have to skip some here in the interest of time. A volume could not trace all their connections with public and private felicity. Let us simply be asked, where is the security for property, for reputation, for life? If the <coughs> sense of religious obligation desert the oaths, which are instruments of investigation in courts of justice, and let us with caution indulge the supposition of morality can be maintained without religion, Wherever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. It is substantially true that virtue or morality is a necessary wellspring of popular government. So here we, we find popular government being as an elective type government. Okay, people have their voice to be heard. 
The fact of the matter is, the whole foundation of this nation is based upon the morality that is brought forth by religion. And those religions, so-called, which bring forth a destruction of that are destructive of our nation. And we could go into how Tocqueville spoke at, at length, well, he wrote at length, I guess I should say, after he had visited the United States. The importance of religion in the Western territories was always emphasized to prevent a bad apple from destroying the whole nation. So anyway, ladies religion is important. Ain't tight, doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that which God is a red herring designed to derail us all if we're not wise and careful. The founding fathers didn't debate that. They merely pointed to something higher than government. Right? Hang tight. We'll talk about it. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Republicans are calling out President Biden for bypassing Congress again and making the American people pay back someone else's student loan debt. Republican Representative Byron Donalds on Fox News is a member of the House Budget Committee. This is also a gross violation of separation of powers. Congress has not discussed this proposal. Congress has not voted on this proposal. The president is using a, a statute that does not apply under this condition. That is why it's illegal. The DNC's Cedric Richmond defends the American people being responsible for someone else's debt. Congress acted. And if you look at the legislation, that allowed President Trump and President Biden to delay loan repayment. It's the same legislation that allows him to forgive. Lightning and a hydrogen leak may delay the launch of the Artemis One to the moon. USA Radio News. Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver walking liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800 630 1490. That's 800 630 1490. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800 630 1490. 800 630 1490. Russia is moving to build up its forces in Ukraine as its campaign to secure territory in the countries east and south has stalled. A series of volunteer battalions formed in recent weeks across Russia is preparing to deploy to Ukraine. Flooding continues to be a problem in parts of the country from seasonal monsoons. The latest weather reports show the Pearl River, which leads into the mouth of the Mississippi Sound, is now predicted to crest on Monday. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves told residents his team has wisdom and knowledge on their side. Mississippi is no stranger to severe weather and flooding. And this has led our agencies to have a tremendous amount of disaster response experience. For the USA Radio News Gulf Coast Bureau, I'm Tony Maruso. A person waiting for the bus and another walking their dog were among four people shot, three fatally by a man who appeared to fire randomly for about two and a half hours in Detroit, Michigan. 
An arrest was made Sunday night. USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. A quick comment on the bottom of the hour news. Godless shooting for two and a half hours. My goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen, what is this nation turning into? I bet you this person doesn't have God in their lives. I bet you they're on some kind of psychotropic drugs. I'm guessing they've got some kind of government counseling or some kind of counseling going on. There might be government involved as provocateurs involved in that. Uh, You look at this and it goes wrong 66 ways from Sunday. But where on earth does somebody go off for two and a half hours and some good guy with a gun doesn't stop them? What the heck is going on? But the answer, folks, is to turn to God, family, and country. We talk about it all the time, and a listener said, which God are we talking about? Uh, and I think we've been very clear about which God. But I, our founding fathers had slightly differing um, theological beliefs, or the keys to theology were slightly different in every one of their minds. And they understood all that, and they didn't break down and divide on the keys to theology. They didn't attack one another for their beliefs. They merely realized there was a greater source of authority and power than government. The author of the universe, God, Jesus Christ, you know, they had differing views, many of them, but they all were uh, unified on this idea that, you know what, God provides the blueprint for stability. God provides the answer for self-governing people and their behavior. De Tocqueville noticed this, Dr. Scott Bradley. Well, I agree, and I'll just read you a couple of things Tocqueville wrote, but just here's a farewell address thing from Washington Say it again. With slight shades of difference, you have the same religion, manners, habits, and political principles. This was the America that was built by the American Founding Fathers. Okay, so let's go to Tocqueville for a moment. He said, Americans send out ministers of the gospel into the western states, new western states, excuse me, to found schools and churches there lest religion should be suffered to die away in those remote settlements and the rising states be less fitted to enjoy free institutions that the people from which they emanated. Going on, I'm skipping just a little bit. They will tell you that all American republics are collectively involved with each other. If the republics of the West were to fall into anarchy or to be mastered by a despot, the Republican institutions which now flourish upon the shores of the Atlantic Ocean would be in great peril. It is therefore our interest that the new states should be religious in order to maintain our liberties. All of these uh, insightful statements. Another statement Tocqueville made. While the law permits Americans to do what they please, religion prevents them from conceiving and forbids them to commit what is rash or unjust. Religion in America takes no direct part in the government of the less be regarded as the foremost of the political institutions of that country. For if it does not impart a taste for freedom, it facilitates the use of free institutions. They hold it to be indispensable to the maintenance of republican institutions. This opinion is not peculiar to a class of citizens or to a party, but it belongs to the whole nation and to every rank of society. We could go on and on about this, Sam, but I'm here to tell you, the religious uh, foundations, the religiosity of the nation, 
cannot be denied. Well, they could if you're a liar and a, uh, well, you're either deceived, you're a deceiver, or you're a liar. I don't know. So the, the fact of the matter is this is foundational to the maintenance of America. And it was recognized by independent sources, such as Tocqueville, that came here, boots on the ground, went everywhere he could to see what made America up. By the way, just another little quick, kind of a fun note. Um, Tocqueville went to an American court. And one of these witnesses, he witnessed an event, uh, one of these uh, events, uh, that seems almost impossible to imagine today. He said, this is a quotation, while I was in America, a witness who happened to be called at the assizes of the county of Chester, state of New York, declared, so it's in a court in New York, declared that he did not believe in the existence of God or in the immortality of the soul. The judge refused to admit his evidence on the ground that the witness had destroyed beforehand all the confidence of the court in what he was about to say. The newspapers related the fact without any further comment. So here we had an individual says, no, I don't believe in God. I'm not going to face a, a final judge, uh, and I won't even exist in the attorneys. No, 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 no. I can say whatever I want, and there's no penalty. And the danger was that the court might believe him and therefore, you know, follow his line of reasoning and destroy whatever case was there. And the judge says, no, no, you, you, you've just told us you'd feel like you could lie with impunity. There would never be a final judge on you. And we can't allow that to destroy justice. That's the way the country was established. And, and today, if peoples try to strain at gnats and swallow camels, to use the phrase that has been brought forth in the scriptures, and, and they try to argue and debate, and they say, oh, well, I'm going to worship Moloch or whomever, Satan. It really was, as Jefferson said, we all agree in the obligation of the moral precepts of Jesus, and nowhere will they be found delivered in greater purity than in his discourses. So that is the foundation of this nation. Yeah, you can worship a cat if you want. It's not against the law, but the things that the moral basis of the whole nation is founded upon the religious foundation that the people that came here brought with them in the book. And uh, I think that we can we can make a pretty strong case for that. So, yeah, there there are those that try and say, well, I'm going to go worship a cat. And you say, fine, go worship a cat or a white dog or whatever you want to do. But that doesn't mean that you have to found and base your laws upon those things. And people that say you can't you can't legislate morality, it would be interesting, and, and I could spend some time on some things that Blackstone said about how, you know, a, an individual could do all sorts of, uh, things that are that are wrong and and everything but but if they make them public and attempt to bring them into society it's the the responsibility of government to intervene so this idea of not legislating morality just it wasn't in the the thought concepts of the american founders and uh it's it's just difficult for me to to see People strain at these gnats and swallow camels. And I've just got Blackstone's statement. Let me just read it to you here. <laughs> no matter how abandoned may be a man's principles or how vicious his practice, provided he keeps his wickedness to himself and does not violate public decency, he is out of the reach of human laws. But if he makes his vices public, 
Then they become, by his bad example, of pernicious effect to society, and it is the business of human laws to correct them. I mean, this stuff, it, it has a sound foundation. And and we can say, well, you know what, if a, somebody's a, a drunken sluggard that lays around his apartment all day long, uh, you know, in a sot, that's, that's his issue. But if he comes and he makes this the way of society, trying to bring his debauchery upon society, like this idiot that was shooting at people for more than two hours, it's time to stop it. And that's where this kind of behavior needs to be drawn. And, and I believe that the American founders were pretty clear in their statements. No doubt about it. And I want to be very clear, too. Uh, you know, there's two ways you can look at you can't legislate morality. I believe that our, all of our laws, there are no political discussions, ladies and gentlemen. There are only moral discussions. I've been known to say that quite often. And I believe the same thing is true with laws. You know, there's only laws that relate to morality, right? So uh, you, you can put moral laws in place, and we should. When they say you can't legislate morality, what it means is that, you know what, you can't force people to do things. That's kind of the issue is when does it come down to force? And that's kind of why, you know what, we don't uh, create laws against someone's conscience. You can think and believe what you want to. But when it comes to your actions, there are actions that are unacceptable in civilized society. And God has put together, in my mind, 12 guidelines to help us. The first two are the great two commandments. Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. Those are the two great commandments that the, that the law hangeth upon. Then the ten great commandments are basically guidelines for a civilized society. I attribute them to God and God's laws and the ten commandments. Uh, but you know what? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not, uh, you know, these things are fundamental truths, okay? And it doesn't matter if you believe in the Trinity or you believe that God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost are separate beings uh, or you have a slightly different belief than I do. That's not important. And so I hope this question by a listener is not just trying to divide and not really interested in the true answer. I hope they are interested in the true answer. All right, because that's important. When we talk about Alexis de Tocqueville, look, this guy didn't even really, uh, you know, believe in God. Although I kind of find it funny when people's lives are in peril. Even people who don't believe in God often uh, do. Uh, but de Tocqueville was colloquially known as Tocqueville. He was a French historian and political writer, folks. And he was here and he had some incredible observations. But I want to talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a definition they came up with as well, because I think it relates to what we're talking about. We'll do it in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Hi, I'm Dave. I'm seven years old. I'm sitting here in the corner having a time out until mom comes to talk to me. All I did was cut my sister's hair. I was just trying to help. His mom didn't like how I did it. In a minute, she'll be back and ask me if I know what I did was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have cut her hair. And she'll say we all make mistakes because we're just learning about stuff. And she'll give me a hug and we'll end up talking about more stuff. No matter what you talk to your kids about, love is what they'll hear. I really like mom's timeouts. And I think she likes them too. Yeah, I think they help her remember how much she loves me. 
A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So we're talking about which God. And I believe that, you know what, we need to focus on God as we understand him to be. And we ought to always do our very best to be ever learning more about the nature of God. All right, do you know about God or do you know God is a real important question. Let me say that again. Do you know about God or do you really know your Father in heaven, right? That's an important question in my opinion, right? Uh, And some people know a lot about God. They're theologians. They know everything they claim. They've read the Bible. They've memorized the Bible. They can quote chapter and verse. You bring something up, and they can roast you and show you how you don't know and you're wrong, and biblically that isn't true, and they can go on and on. But I think they know a lot about God, but I don't think they know their Father in heaven. That's just my opinion to which I'm entitled. But I want to refer to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because they have a, a, a series of articles of faith, in other words, the, the, the beliefs that they have. And one of them, I think, I think is very helpful in this discussion so from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints it says quote we claim the privilege of worshiping almighty god according to the dictates of our own conscience and allow all men people the same privilege let them worship how where or what they may And I really think that kind of highlights what we're talking about here, folks. Look, uh, my understanding and your understanding may not even be the same, even if we go to the same church, even if we have the same, quote, religion, whether it be Protestant, Methodist, you know, evangelical, whatever, Baptist, I go on, Mormon, Catholic. Uh, Even if we go to the same church, two Catholics don't agree on everything. Two Mormons don't, or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Light. Baptists certainly don't. There's Southern Baptists, and there's other Baptists that don't believe in the there's non-denominational Christians. What are they? Okay. But we need to focus on really letting people worship how, where, or what they may and encouraging everyone around us to stand with the 12 commandments that I gave us. 
Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. And then the Ten Great Commandments for a Civilized Society. That's the basis to which we can agree. And Dr. Bradley, I think it's much more important to focus on the things we agree on uh, than any, any divisions that we might have. If we're not very careful, Satan exploits those divisions. Uh, and then, you know what? We're at odds with one another and we lose the spirit of God in the first place. So we need to be very careful how we approach these kinds of discussions uh, and how we think and feel about those who may believe slightly different than, than we do. We need to realize there's so much more to agree on, so much more to work together on, so much more to preserve the nation about, Doctor. You know, I, I quoted Washington's farewell address earlier. I have used it a number of times. But this slight shades of difference thing. Yeah. We don't all have to be on the same page on everything, but we, we are very similar. And it's interesting to me you ask the question, do you know of God or do you know God? I would submit that the, probably one of the most important uh, focuses Oh, we'll try to get Dr. Scott Bradley back. Cameron, if you can uh, confirm for me and work on that, that would be great. Are you there, Doctor? Okay, we're getting <coughs> Dr. Me. Scott Bradley back. Oh, there you are. Go ahead, sir. I'm here. So here's the deal. One of the greatest compulsions that we could have today is to come to know God. I think that our society has been expunged of God largely. I think that the humanist religion that uh, is taught against, it's taught in violation of the First Amendment, it's become a national religion. It's uh, the public education system of 12-year seminary, and then you go to their higher uh, theological centers, the universities. But it wasn't always that way. And I think back to when I was young. Uh, I think back, uh, you know, people say, oh, that's a long time ago. But back in 1954, just as an example, uh, a television show, if you can imagine, it's called The Answer. Your, your audience, uh, Sam, ought to go look this up today. It's a 25-minute video. You can find it on YouTube. David Niven's in it. You can find it easily. The Answer, David Niven, 1954, and, and you'll be there. Go watch that. And, and it's, a, it's something that was on TV. And there was a great <sighs> challenge that faced the world, and the world was going to be destroyed if they couldn't find the answer. And they had this uh, early computer kind of thing that all the wisdom of all the world, of all the, the wise men was being put into this computer, and it was going to tell them how they were going to avoid this great cataclysmic end of the world. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> the, uh, the computer came out with the Ten Commandments, okay? And, Sam, you mentioned the Ten Commandments. These are, these are foundational, if you will, to having a society that can function together. I mean, these little, you know, this at the bottom of the hour, we talked about the guy that was killing people. Holy cow, thou shalt not kill. Oh, yeah, it covers that. How about that? Bearing false witness. Holy cow. How does justice happen if you, if you don't have justice in the court because people lie? I mean, the idea of healing, which is what the basis of socialism is, what the basis of Biden's forgiveness of somebody's loans and having other people have money taken from their pocket and their grandchildren's pocket, literally, to pay for that. I mean, uh, this worshiping a God and doing his will, it's foundational. The idea of adultery or infidelity in families, it destroys society when we destroy families. And, and clear back in 1954, I mean, go look at it. It's, it's kind of like, uh, it's simple-minded maybe, and it's hokey and camp and 
and maybe a little bit sappy. I don't know. But but in the old days, when I was young, th that kind of stuff was spoken of in society. Instead of these, we can't define a woman. That's above my pay grade. I mean, what kind of idiots have we got running society right now? When a little kid back in 1954 could watch a, a stupid TV show and find out there were foundational principles that were out there that would help maintain the continued existence of society and indeed the whole world. It is so bizarre to me that we have strayed so far that we we find it, it's almost like a poke in the eye to say, well, what God? I don't care what you, I mean, you know, with the basis it, it of It is a poke the in the eye, bounce. unless it's a genuine question. I have a feeling that it was be. not it intended be. to be a genuine question. I, I have a feeling I that know. it might not be. But I want to take it as if it is, because I believe there's great teaching in this understanding. You need to pray on your knees and learn about your Father in Heaven. It's not just facts about God or scriptural, or scriptural references that you could... Do you know your Father in Heaven? Do you know your Savior, Jesus Christ? Have you received His image in your countenance, is what I would ask. Are you behaving like him? If that question was a genuine one to learn what we personally believe, that's wonderful. If that question was designed to divide, to debate, to, I find it not very helpful. But I believe that God's given us commandments to protect us and preserve us. And I believe if we turn to God, he will heal our land and protect us. And I believe the key to the exercise uh, for America is God, family, and country. So when Dr. Scott and Sam discussed the religious nature of the greatest country on the face of the earth, the United States of America, I really want you to consider the question that I have. Do you just know about God or do you really know your Heavenly Father? It's an honest, uh, in my opinion, question, right? It's a serious question. And it's not a question for those who want to be dismissive or divide, but it is a fair, open question. Uh, appropriate question for those who truly want to learn. I would beg all of you, no matter your beliefs on God, if you don't believe in God, learn about him. Learn of him. Uh, and then if you do believe in God, do the same. Learn of him. And let's learn more about him and let's do our very best to become more like him. And the more like God our Father in heaven and Jesus Christ we are, the more we control our emotions, the more we serve others the more we keep god's commandments the more we okay the more we become like him the more we truly know him uh, and that's really the whole christian uh, belief now i know there's you got to be baptized and I, I understand that but the whole goal is to become more like jesus christ he's the example of how to live how to behave how to treat others how to to serve and love and okay this is the great guide the Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I would encourage everyone to try to make your life a little better. Try to, you know, step out. Try to provide leadership. Try to encourage others. Try to work yourself. You know what? If you make mistakes, that's okay. I believe that salvation is not a destination. It's a process. Take advantage of that process. Use the question asked on Facebook and this one-hour broadcast that we put together on this to, to decide that you're going to make a difference. You're going to work on um, you. You're going to pray to God for help, and you're going to work on you. You becoming 
like the Savior Jesus Christ. That's what I want to do. I know that I got a long way, and I know when people look at me, they go, well, Sam, you're sure a horrible example of this. I get it. I understand. I got a long way to go, baby. But I know Jesus loves me, and I know that if I keep working at it line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, a teeny bit at a time, you know what? It might not be, be it might not even be perceptible in the day-to-day. But as I look back, I can say I'm more like the Savior than I was 10 years ago. And I hope in the next 10, I can be more like him. And I hope one day I can rest in his grace, that I can live with my Father in heaven and his Son, Jesus Christ, once again. Which God? That God, ladies and gentlemen. The God that is perfect. The God that can temper mercy and justice in a perfect way. A God who invites us all to live with him in eventually a absolutely free, liberty-loving society. That God, doctor. You know, uh, it's, it's been said by people wiser than me that uh, 2,000 years ago, wise men sought him. And the follow-on on that is wise men still do. Your challenge to go come to know God, I think, is, is one that we need so desperately in this nation. If we would, would spend less, less time on what divides us and more time on what might bring us together in a manner that would make us more like what God would have us be, I think we'd be a happier people. And, and so, <clears throat> you know, that, that could be the challenge. And I don't think it's a challenge for a day or a week, a month or a year. I think this is a challenge of a lifetime to come to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And uh, I think that is life eternal as has been said. And so the more we draw to that uh, that basis of our belief system, I think that we'll kind of start to, I think we'll, we'll kind of merge in the right direction. And then we'll still be a free people that is on the right track. So wise men sought him, wise men still do. Amen to that, and I hope to still seek him. And I hope if I keep at it long enough, one day I will be wise. In the meantime... I sure try hard and do the best that I can and trust in God Almighty for the rest. That's the God we speak of, ladies and gentlemen. I just thought I'd be very, very clear and answer that question. Thanks for being alongside with us. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, his website's To Preserve the Nation. It's all about freedomsrisingsun.com. Learn about To Preserve the Nation, freedomsrisingsun.com. I'm Sam Bushman, LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. This is the broadcast for August 29th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Hour two of two. The promotion of God, family, and country, and the protection of life, liberty, and property is what we're all about. We reject revolution. We use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. And ladies and gentlemen, the checks and balances are one of the great solutions we have at our fingertips. I've got my buddy Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on the radio. Welcome back, sir. 
Thank you for having me, Sam. It is good to be with you. All right, really quick, I want you to comment on a couple of things just really fast. First one is this Brian, Bruce Reinhardt guy supposedly released the affidavit on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago raid. The problem is it literally says nothing because it's so redacted. Any comment? <laughs> well, it's probably what you and I both expected, Sam, the fact that it's redacted. I mean, there have been memes floating around the Internet where the the, the, uh, the affidavit that is uh, – I mean, the whole thing is redacted. I mean, it's all blank, basically, except uh, just two or three words. It's pretty funny. Um yeah, I, I think that it's uh, it's probably what I expected from the establishment, Sam. Amen to that. Here's one thing that we pointed out. There's three cases to highlight for Donald before the consti- the unconstitutional raid took place on Donald. Number one, Ammon Bundy. Number two, Lavoy Finicum. And number three, Vicki Weaver. Two out of the three happened while Donald uh, was president pretty much, right? The problem with Donald Trump, sadly, is he is part of the system that he claims to be fighting against, even though he thinks he's against it, even though he may mean to be against it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's surrounded himself by swamp monsters to the point where, look, ironically enough, (laughs) Christopher Wray, the deep statist, that's who Donald put in place that now turns right around and raids Trump. The FBI, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear, is under the authority of the Department of Justice. Let's be very clear, the Department of Justice is under the authority of the President of the United States, who is elected by the people. So, ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter on this is Donald Trump put all this in place. He didn't get rid of a single government agency when he was in power. So my goal is not to attack Trump, but my goal is to put a reality check on this. You've got the always Trumpers and the never Trumpers. And then you got guys like me that look at it honestly and candidly and say Trump did a lot of good, no question. He also did a lot of bad. He also missed a lot of opportunities. And putting Christopher Ray, the deep statist, in charge of the FBI was a mistake. It came back to bite Donald good. But Donald wasn't doing anything when they were attacking Ammon Bundy. And when LaVoy Finnecombe got murdered, uh, Donald Trump didn't reach out and talk about, hey, we got to abolish the FBI. Look at the way they murdered Vicki Weaver, unarmed with a baby in her arm, standing in her own porch. Okay, the, Donald didn't do anything, and therefore now the deep state that we didn't get rid of when we could have comes back to bite us. And all the Republicans could say now is, golly, ain't that horrible. Please send me money so I can get elected, so I can fix all this. But they never fix anything. Uh-huh. They've been promising to abolish the education department as long as I've been alive. They promised to abolish Obamacare. Nothing happened. We just go down the road, down the road, down the road. And the reason I spend so much time on this is because it actually relates to the topics uh, that we'll be discussing uh, in a minute. Any final comment on that, Lowell? Well, you're exactly right. You're spot on, Sam. Uh, and, and because politicians benefit from the status quo, right? I mean, they do not want to do anything. They um, Because if they do something, it's going to make somebody mad. And so politicians, uh, are they, they benefit from inertia. As long as they can just right along and really not rock the boat, but maintain power, they're happy. And so the way to make them unhappy is to make them uncomfortable doing nothing, right? And so we have to make it uncomfortable for them to maintain the status quo if we really, if we really want any, any substantive change to happen. Um, you know, and so I, I, and that's one of the reasons we, we 
teach our classes uh, the um, that by you know from the foundation of the uh, of applied conservative leadership uh, the uh, political leadership school we call it because there in that school we learn how to make politicians feel uncomfortable about doing nothing and so we just need you know more people um, uh, to be engaged in the fight and make you know because and 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 really the the closer to home you you do it the better I mean I'm talking city councils dog catchers, whatever, yeah, your local sheriff is probably the most important position. Uh, city, uh, county clerks, I mean, these are the positions we really ought to be fighting to secure um, uh, on, you know, because they're, they're the ones who are going to be making decisions that will affect us the most um, in the long run, Sam. And while we discuss issues, discuss issues at home which are critical to discuss, <laughs> Whacked out Joe is spending money like you could not believe. Headline says more billions to Ukraine as America falls apart. Incredible column written by Dr. Ron Paul. Roughly 200,000 illegals crossed the border in the U.S. in July. Why do we throw so much money at foreign countries when we can't even protect our own borders, Lowell? Uh, Great question, Sam. One of the reasons I really like this column is, is just uh, to, to prove, well, to illustrate where uh, the, this foreign aid goes. You know, they call it foreign aid, but it doesn't go to some foreign country. It goes to the military-industrial complex right here in U.S. of A. Uh, and, and, and so just listen to this. He writes, uh, Ron Paul writes this, quote, supporters of this proxy war, and, and so he's talking about Ukraine in this, um, when he says proxy war, he's talking about the, 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 uh, the conflict there in Ukraine versus Russia. He says supporters of this proxy war may celebrate more aid to Ukraine, but the reality is that it is in no way aid to Ukraine. That's not how the system works. It is money created out of thin air by the Fed and appropriated by Congress to be spent propping up the politically connected military-industrial complex. It is a big check written by middle America to rich people who run Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. Americans watch their budget being stretched to the limit while the beltway fat cats loosen their belts to continue enjoying the gravy train. End of quote. Now, folks, this is where your hard-earned tax dollars go when Congress approves this so-called aid package for Ukraine or for any other country, whether it's you know Ukraine or, or Syria or Iraq or you know whatever uh, the country it doesn't matter. The money doesn't go to Ukraine. It doesn't go to these foreign countries. They call it foreign aid because it sounds good, but it doesn't go to the foreign countries. It goes to armament manufacturers like Raytheon and Lockheed. And that's the biggest point I just wanted to make out of this column, Sam, um, is that the foreign aid is basically a wealth transfer from taxpaying members of our society to big military-industrial complex armament manufacturers right here in the U.S. of A. It's it's diabolical. And, 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 you know, I don't think I really understood that until pretty recently. But I love the way Ron Paul makes the point. Foreign aid goes to military-industrial complex, you know, armament manufacturers like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. 
Sam? That's a significant portion of the money, no question. But it also uh, ends up in the wrong hands. Oftentimes, the opposition in a given country, uh, whether it be the side we're backing that becomes our enemy tomorrow that used to be our friend or whatever you want to say or whatever, a lot of times that money and that, those weapons and those capabilities fall into the wrong hands as well to murder our sons and daughters. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be very, very clear about that. And you know what? Why are we defending other borders when we cannot defend our own? <clears throat> the founders were very clear on a lot of this stuff. We've got to defend the guard and uphold the Constitution law. Absolutely right, Sam. Defend the guard legislation, which is state-level legislation, would prohibit the state's National Guard units from being deployed to active combat without a formal declaration of war by Congress as provided by the U.S. Constitution. Now, make no mistake, folks, we shouldn't need this, right? States should not have to make, you know, pass a law in their state that forbids the governor from releasing troops to go be deployed into active combat. Because why? Well, because the Constitution says that the Congress has exclusive authority to declare war or not. And without a formal declaration of war, these units should not be being deployed. But because the general government has arrogated this authority unto itself, it goes ahead and it calls up these National Guard units from your state and mine and deploys them into active combat. And that's absolutely flat out wrong. But if we can, you know, and so, you know, given the fact that that, that authority has been taken from the states, you know, by the general government, the states have to claw it back. And one way they can do that is by passing Defend the Guard legislation. You know, it'll force Congress to do their job, uh, which is to declare war or not. That's what, um, that's what needs to happen. Now, House Bill 2732 in the West Virginia legislature is an example for all state legislatures. Yeah, I just wish somebody in the Utah legislature would sponsor a bill here. I wish legislators in every state of the union would sponsor a bill similar to the one in West Virginia. But if we want this wish to come true, we got to raise awareness about it. And we need to increase public awareness in the states, in every state, so we get more than just one state passing this legislation. And when we get back from the break, I'll tell you what's happening in West Virginia and why the rest of the states need to look to them for the example. You got it. We'll do it in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Lowell Nelson and Sam Bushman. Freedom's right, or to preserve the nation is Scott Bradley. This is... Uh, Come celebrate the supreme law of the land at Loving Liberty's Constitution Day Dinner. Have you ever asked yourself, what's so great about America? Find out with guest speakers Lawrence Reed from Atlanta and Jeff Uch from Tucson, Arizona. We will also be introducing our new podcast, Ask an Immigrant. Join us Saturday, September 17th at 7 p.m. Located at Liberty Hall, 3677 North 2000 West, Far West, Utah. Get your tickets today at lovingliberty.net. 
That's lovingliberty.net. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. All right, back with you live. Talking about blowing the end of the last segment. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. The problem is, Lowell Nelson Campaign for Liberty is with me, but I was trying to think of the website, ronpaulinstitute.org. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Ron Paul wrote an incredible column. More billions to the Ukraine as America falls apart. Then we're talking about all these illegals crossing our borders, ladies and gentlemen. We can't protect our own borders, but we can spend literally millions and billions of dollars on Ukraine, ladies and gentlemen. The $775 million that just went to the Ukraine last week is the 18th weapons package to the Ukraine in six months ladies and gentlemen we are spinning ourselves into oblivion over this but defend the guard is legislation on a state level uh, we can uphold the constitution we can back off on this spending we can make a difference and we can understand the founding father-esque view of foreign policy that very few in modern times have the guts to articulate ron paul's one of them uh, lowell and i are a couple of them you know we need a humble foreign policy as our founders articulated but let's talk about what's happening and what's going on in Virginia because they're providing some great leadership, Lowell. They uh, have House Bill 2732 um, in the in the uh, West Virginia leader, uh, legislature, and um, and so it. Uh, I'm just uh, looking for the history on this. Oh yes, here it is. Um, Defend the Guard legislation was first introduced 2015 in the West Virginia House of Delegates by Pat McGeehan, who's, uh, who's a Republican from Hancock uh, area over there, and and he has introduced that in, every, in 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 that chamber every year since. So from 2015 to the present, uh, that that is uh, Pat McGeehan, and um, he uh, is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy. He served as an Air Force intelligence officer. Across the Middle East. Now, in 2019, a motion to bring le the legislation from committee to the House floor for final action received bipartisan majority support, but the Speaker of the House refused to bring the bill up for a final vote, and it died 
when the legislature adjourned later that year. Okay, so from 2015 to 2018, those four years, it was introduced but never brought to the House floor. In 2019, finally, the fifth year they attempted, it was brought to the House floor, but the Speaker of the House refused to bring it up for a final vote. The final year, I'm sorry, the following year, 2020, Defendagard received a tie vote on the House floor, 50 to 50. And then the bill, uh, uh, you know, died, um, you know, that when when they adjourned because of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? So the, that's how close they got to passage of the Defend the Guard Act in the West Virginia legislature in 2020. Now, I, you know, and so I don't know what happened in 21 or 22 yet. I'm still working to get that detail, but it hasn't passed yet or we would have heard about it. So um, it probably passed the House there but and, and it's probably stuck in the Senate. Um, we need more states, we need more legislatures to, to be to, to, to consider this legislation and to pass it. Now, West Virginia, I'm sure they have a great bunch of, of National Guard people there, but that's just a drop in the bucket compared to all of the National Guard units across all the states. And so it's really going to take a, a certain number, a, you know, a critical mass, it's going to take several states. It, and like if one big state like California <laughs> were to pass this, they would have an immediate impact. But if it's small states like Wyoming and West Virginia and Utah, it's going to take a you know, bunch of us little states, less populous states, to make the impact. But the reason we know that this will have a big impact is because every time the legislation is introduced and, and heard in committee, in West Virginia, they send the two-star generals out to, to testify against it. So they, they actually bring out a lot of firepower, a lot of brass, and, and just they, they just persuade and persuade and persuade, cajole these state legislators not to pass the legislation because, you know, it's, gonna, it's going to cripple us and we're not going to be able to defend ourselves. I mean, all kinds of it's stupid reasons. It's a great lie, ladies and gentlemen. Defend the guard. Uphold the Constitution. Look at putting a legislative piece in your state, a bill in your state, to back this effort. Uh, you can point to several presidents that have highlighted this reality as well, Lowell. Yes, um, very much so. The first president I would like to highlight is uh, President George Washington. Um, you know, he... he uh, in a, in a speech the U.S. Senator Mike Lee gave on the on the Senate floor about the War Powers Resolution, um, he, he said that the, the founders could not have been clearer about this, especially the greatest founder of them all. And of course, he was referring to Washington. He says, when the Miami and Wabash Indians attacked Americans north of the Ohio River between 1791 and 1794, President George Washington confined his military operations to only defensive measures. The Constitution, Washington wrote, vests the power of declaring war with Congress. Therefore, no offensive expedition of importance can be undertaken until after they have deliberated upon the subject and authorized such a measure, end of quote. See, this was not just humility or modesty. It was his duty as president. And, he, and then he went on to say this. He says, under the Constitution, whose drafting he oversaw as president of the Constitutional Convention, 
and to which he swore his oath of office, the power to direct war resided with him as commander-in-chief, but the power to declare war resided exclusively with Congress. And that's why presidents of modern day, including Donald Trump, are derelict in their duty, sir. Absolutely right, because every time we launch some preemptive strike on some country or some faction or some group, we are, you know, coloring outside the line. We are exceeding the, the warrant in the Constitution, and and because Congress should be the one, the sole authority when it comes to declaring war. Now, one other thing that uh, that I found very interesting, Sam, was I listened to a YouTube video last night. Um, dated April 8th of this year, where David Iglesias interviewed Dan McKnight. Now, Dan McKnight is behind. He is he is spearheading this Defend the Guard um, effort all throughout the country. And um, Dan McKnight mentioned the wars in which the U.S. has been engaged since the last declaration of war in 1942. Now, this, this list will just knock your socks off. The last time the U.S. declared war... You know, the Congress, they did their constitutional duty. They declared war on Romania, Hungary, and Bulgaria in 1942. That was the last time, Sam, the very last time. Now, what wars have we been engaged in since then? Just listen to this list. The Korean War, everybody knows about that one. What about the Lebanon Crisis? The Vietnam War, everybody knows about that one. What about the Bay of Pigs? Dominican Civil War. The Korean DMZ enforcement, Lebanon again, Grenada, Grenada, Libya, the Persian Gulf tanker war, Panama, Gulf War, Iraq no-fly zone enforcement, Somalia, Bosnia, Croatia, Herzegovina, Haiti, Kosovo, Afghanistan, Yemen, Iraq again, Northwest Pakistan, Somali civil war again, Operation Ocean Shield, Libya again. Uganda, Iraq again, Syria, Libya again, and a shadow war in Africa right now today pursuant to a 2021 AUMF regarding Afghanistan. Authorization for use of military force. These have been abused over and over and over. Now, Sam, I, that list just knocked my socks off. I had no idea, you know. You know, you, that we've been involved in so many wars, undeclared wars, since 1942. Yeah, I knew about the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and the one in Afghanistan and Iraq. But, boy, this list just, it just makes me, makes me ill that we have not been following the Constitution. Congress is derelict in their duty, and the president is, in, he's, he's impeachable because he is, executing war, these preemptive strikes on these countries without a declaration, a formal declaration of war by the Congress. Thomas Jefferson was equally explicit on this point. He said, quote, peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. And then President Monroe, the fifth president of the U.S., formalized that policy within, in the Monroe Doctrine, which the first point of which stated that the U.S. Would, n- would not interfere in the internal affairs or wars of other nations. And, of course, returning again to President George Washington, he said it is our true policy to steer clear of 
permanent alliance with any portion of the foreign world. <laughs> now, Sam, I, I found these quotes in an editorial in January 2020 written by Idaho Lieutenant Governor Medichin, where she stated clearly her support for Defend the Guard legislation. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Good stuff on your radio with Lowell Nelson back in a flash. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As the redacted FBI affidavit that authorized the FBI to invade President Trump's Florida home left Americans with more questions than answers, a federal judge in Florida on Saturday says she's willing to grant Trump's request for the appointment of a special master to review the evidence seized by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago. In a court filing Saturday, U.S. District Court Judge Eileen Cannon indicates she's for a special master. Taylor Swift took home Music Video of the Year at last night's Video Music Awards in Newark, New Jersey. I I thought it might be a fun moment to tell you that... that my brand new album comes out October 21st. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. For eligible individuals, 18 and older only. Results vary. Audio effects do not simulate actual hearing aid experience. See website for details and important safety information. How are your hearing aids sounding now? A little tinny. Okay, two seconds. With hearing aids from Lively, everything is done remotely in the comfort of your home, from initial testing to adjustments. How are they sounding now? Fantastic. With Lively, you get premium Bluetooth-enabled hearing aids at thousands less than you might expect. Advanced hearing aid technology is now affordable and convenient. Your hearing aids are sent right to your door. And if you have any issues, we'll make adjustments seven days a week for three years. No charge. Oh, you people at Lively are wonderful. With Lively Hearing Aids, you get free shipping, three years of follow-up care included free, plus a three-year warranty with loss and damage coverage. You can't lose. I hear better than I ever thought possible. And now through Labor Day, get $300 off all rechargeable hearing aid models. Just go to listenlively.com. That's listenlively.com. L-I-S-T-E-N-L-I-V-E-L-Y.com. The student loan debt will be a hot topic this week. This past week, President Biden unveiled his college loan forgiveness program, which will allow people making less than $125,000 a year to wipe away $10,000 worth of loans and those who received Pell Grants to wipe away another $10,000. Missouri Republican Senator Roy Blunt talked about the program while appearing Sunday on ABC's This Week, criticizing the move coming at a time when the Fed Reserve is talking about slowing down the economy even more to curb inflation. You don't slow the economy down by forgiving debt and giving people another $24 billion to spend that they would have been spending paying off the student debt that they borrowed. And when you pay off the student debt that they borrowed, other people have a chance uh, to have that money in the future to use for uh, their opportunity to go to college. That is Tim Berg reporting on USA Radio News. President Thomas Jefferson, ladies and gentlemen, peace. 
commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. George Washington highlighted this same point. It's our true policy to steer clear of permanent alliance with any portion of the foreign world. Now, President Monroe formalized this policy with the Monroe Doctrines. Ladies and gentlemen, the first point stated, the U.S. won't interfere in the, quote, internal affairs or wars of other nations. So I guess my question, Lowell, is what part of that uh, does Donald Trump and does Joe Biden not understand? Why are we in the Ukraine-Russian war? Why are we funding one side? Why are we spending billions and billions and billions of dollars overseas while our border leaks like a sieve? It makes no sense. That's a darn good question, uh, Sam. It's because, in my opinion, because the military-industrial complex, you know, lobbyists are there filling the campaign coffers of the congressmen to do their bidding, right? They they don't want they don't want the gravy train to end, and so their decisions they make are are designed to to you know keep the money flowing, keep the gravy train running, and uh, it's perverse, but. I think that's what's happening, and that's why states have to take just drastic action to force the general government to to follow the Constitution. We just have to force them to do it. I mean, 45 percent, Sam, 45 percent, that's almost half, 45 percent of the soldiers deployed in the global war on terror have been National Guardsmen. Can you believe that? That's almost half of our foreign military it comes from the National Guard, but if states would stand up and say, "Look, we're not we're not allowing our people to go in active combat unless Congress formally declares war," then 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 the military would not have the people to, to, to fight with, right? And it would they they would be so concerned that they would actually say, "Okay, well, we better go get a declaration of war then," and then it would be truly up to the Congress. To have that authority, to exercise that authority that only they have been given. They're the sole owners of that authority. They can't delegate it to the president. These 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 bills that they pass called uh, authorization for use of military force, the AUMF, those are bogus. Those should those should be declared void on their face because Congress does not have the authority to delegate the war making power to the president. They, what they I really alone, think we they, have, what I really think we have, Lowell, is an education problem in America. I don't think that the people understand this yeah. humble foreign policy. I don't think the people understand. We've been taught and propagandized uh, to just wave the flag and 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 you know promote war heroes and uh, you know we become a warlike people. We've got to jettison that narrative and teach the people and our state officials to understand. Look, there's very limited times that we have to go to war. And you know what? The more hands you put the war-making decision in, a.k.a. the House of Representatives and the people, uh, the closest to the people you put the leaders that would put us into a war, the greater chance you will avoid war by the very nature of, you know what? In numbers, there's wisdom. In numbers, uh-huh. there's caution. When you put the people involved, with the, their children will be the ones going to war, their sons and daughters. Uh, they hesitate. 
only going to war if it becomes absolutely essential to do so, not on the whims of a given leader or president or military, military industrial complex or whatever. Now, there's wars around the world that we need to avoid foreign entanglements for sure. We need to quit spending that money. We need to hold Congress and our president accountable uh, for the checks and balances and the responsibility there, too. But there's an equal war going on in the United States right now over COVID, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not, the COVID reality check is startling. I've been saying this since the very moment COVID, the weaponized virus, came on the stage. And I maintain my position. We've been vindicated, Lowell. We certainly have, Sam. It came this month, the August report from the CDC Basically, they have changed their tune, Sam. They've changed course on COVID strategy. Now, they didn't really come out and say, oops, sorry, guys, we made a mistake. That's not how they operate. But instead, they issued a report, and you have to read between the lines in order to really understand what they're saying. But so here's, here's what they say. Here's an example. Quote, as SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, continues to circulate globally, High levels of vaccine and infection-induced immunity and the availability of effective treatments and prevention tools have substantially reduced the risk for medically significant COVID-19 illness, severe acute illness and post-COVID-19 conditions, and associated hospitalization and death, end quote. Now, notice the phrase in that, Sam, where it says the phrase infection-induced immunity. So what does that really mean? Infection-induced immunity. Well, what it really means is natural immunity. (laughs) That's what they're talking about. That's what you and I have said for two years, Sam, is that natural immunity is is by far more effective than, um, you know, synthesized immunity through a shot or through a vaccination or something like that. And they mocked us till the cows came home. They claimed we didn't have degrees, (laughs) that we didn't know, that we were peddling fake news, that we were dishonest, that we were pretending we were medical professionals when we're not. And they literally had a heyday abusing us over this. Now they blatantly admit in a a roundabout way, I say roundabout way because they, they don't want to admit it as blatantly, but hey, the fact is, they know we were right, and they admit it, Lowell. That's exactly what they did, Sam. Here's another quote from the report. All persons should seek testing for active infection when they are symptomatic or if they have a known or suspected exposure to someone with COVID-19, end quote. So here, the CDC suggests testing isn't necessary unless you have symptoms. Right? That's what they said. Active infection when they are symptomatic. Right? Seek testing when they are symptomatic. Well, duh. Remember when they warned us about asymptomatic carriers, Sam? <laughs> they said, you, 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 you probably are carrying right now, even though you don't have a cold or you don't have the sniffles or anything. You're and probably by the way, carrying. this is the first time in history that they literally locked down healthy people. We've never had that happen in America, ladies and gentlemen. It was unprecedented, and it was on Donald's watch. Yep, exactly right, Sam. Uh, Third and last quote that I'll make here. CDC's COVID-19 prevention recommendations no longer differentiate based 
on a person's vaccination status. Because breakthrough infections occur, though they are generally mild, persons blah, 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 blah. So regardless of uh, vaccination status, Sam, that's what they're saying, regardless of vaccination status, protocols are the same. Now, we haven't heard that for the past two years. In other words, it used to be that everything hinged on vaccination status. If you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't go to the gym, couldn't go to the restaurants, couldn't go to the sports arenas, couldn't do concerts. You, there's a whole host of things. You couldn't even open your business, right? if you weren't vaccinated and you didn't force all your customers to be vaccinated. That's what we heard for two years, two and a half years. Well, here they make the, 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 this admission that regardless of vaccination status, I mean, you, 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 whether you're vaccinated or not, the protocol will be the same. <laughs> it's awesome, Sam. I mean, even though they didn't come out and say, oops, they, they really, in a tacit sort of way, reading between the lines, said, oops, we were wrong. You guys were right the whole time. And uh, so I'm, I'm just happy for the admission, Sam. You know, I mean, I, I'm happy for the admission. And you can read more about Amen. this, folks, <laughs> at thetruthaboutvaccines.com. You can read the whole article. It's really, really good. And um, I'm just, I'm, I, obviously, you know, we're not out of the woods entirely because there's still a lot of people that will be, you know, they'll throw on the masks when the next virus is reported as being out there, but it's essential, folks, that we stop believing the lies. We, we, we have to refuse to comply, right? We, we, we have to speak the truth no matter the risk. And otherwise, we, you know, we're, we're going to lose this battle. And so we just have to continue to fight. Don't comply. Speak the truth no matter the risk, Sam. And the courts have done a pretty good job at shutting down those who want to track us all, lock us all down, do all these things. We'll tell you about a California court. We'll also talk about what the CDC has also done in addition to several courts that have stood with the people against the Biden regime. We'll do it in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. 
For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. The courts in California, Ohio, and Florida handed Biden's head to him when he's tried to violate all of our liberties. Lowell? The California Appeals Court ruled that all mandates forcing churches to close are unconstitutional. And a federal judge in Ohio blocked the military's vaccine mandate nationwide for the Air Force, the Space Force, and Air National Guard members who had requested religious exemptions. And then just last week, a federal judge in Florida ordered class action relief and granted a class-wide preliminary injunction against the federal government's COVID shot mandate for all U.S. Marines, whether they are active or in reserve service. And so these were very um, encouraging developments, Sam, just in the last month or two, where the courts had begun ruling in favor of you know, one's liberty, one's choice to, to not get vaccines, not to, you know, and, and so that's, you know, that I, I, I just, I think that's fantastic because we've got mili- people in the military who were getting shamed, uh, you know, had required to get the vaccine or, 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 or face um, discharge. Um, you, know, you know, I'm not, it's the type of discharge where it's bad. I can't know what they call that. Um, and it, but but instead with these with these rulings now, they you don't have to get kicked out of of the army or the marines just because you refuse to take the shot. I, I think it's a great development, Sam. Amen to that. The CDC has also removed the recommendation that people quarantine based on contact with someone who is or might be infected. They also got rid of the six-foot distancing rule, which had no basis in science in the first place. We told you that, uh, too, Lowell. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they, I don't know what they're going to do about cleaning up all, the, all those silly stickers on the floor of all the businesses across the country, but hopefully they will disappear uh, quickly as well. But uh, I don't know. And Plus, the CDC dropped their test-to-stay rule for students, which uh, had supplanted the original quarantine rule. So... You know, we're seeing some progress um, in uh, the universities and in the schoolhouses as well, Sam. Amen to that. All right, Second Amendment Defense, Missouri. We're talking about the several states right now, it looks like. But Missouri AG doing a phenomenal job, Lowell. Eric Schmidt is the Attorney General of the state of Missouri. He sent a letter recently to FBI Director Christopher Wray demanding that the FBI cease their attempts, cease their attempts to illegally obtain information from local sheriffs on Missourians who have concealed carry permits. Now, it turns out that Missouri law specifically prohibits the sharing of information on concealed carry permit holders to any entity, local, state, federal, or otherwise. So this is what he wrote in his letter. He says, quote, the 
FBI has absolutely no business poking around in the private information of those who have obtained a concealed carry permit in Missouri. The Second Amendment rights of Missourians will absolutely not be infringed on my watch. I will use the full power of my office to stop the FBI, which has become relentlessly politicized and has virtually no credibility from illegally prying around in the personal information of Missouri gun owners. End of quote. <laughs> I'm so proud of this guy. The Missouri AG's office, they became aware, you know, that the FBI was planning to travel to Missouri in August, that's this month, to do audits, so-called audits, at sheriff's departments across the state, which would include harvesting information on those who legally obtained concealed carry permits. And so he goes on in this letter, says, says this, quote, it has come to my attention that the FBI has informed several Missouri County sheriffs that they will be showing up in August to audit CCW permit holder records. The FBI states that the audit includes an on-site review of your concealed carry weapons permit, end of quote. And then he says this, let me be perfectly clear. Allowing federal agents from the FBI to have access to records of Missourians who have a permit to carry a concealed weapon violates Missouri law and infringes on our Second Amendment rights. End of quote. Now, Sam, I especially like this one paragraph in his letter because it exposes the legislative intent. And so this Eric Schmidt, who's currently the, the Attorney General, apparently he was a former state senator in Missouri because he writes this, quote, I was a state senator when this law was passed, and I proudly voted for it. In fact, we deliberately wrote the state law so that only the elected county sheriff has access to the CCW list that you FBI folks are trying to get. Here in the heartland, we elect our county sheriffs who are members of our communities. The same cannot be said of your out-of-touch FBI, end of quote. <laughs> oh, I love that. I just love that. Amen I hope to he that. follows through, Sam. I really There's only one other thing through. I wish Missouri would do, and that would be to create a constitutional carry and get rid of the um, you know, concealed mm-hmm. carry or these other things. So they've got a little bit to go, but what leadership yep. by the uh, state attorney general there in Missouri? What a hero. What an example. States need to take a page from that playbook. I'll tell you that right now, Lowell. Well, and I hope that the sheriffs in Missouri, I hope they'll refuse to cooperate with the uh, agents from the FBI because that is one of the four things that Madison prescribed in Federalist Number 46 a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union. And so that's what those sheriffs in Missouri need to do. They got the letter from the FBI. I hope that they will write back and say, you're not welcome here. You know, you know I'm not going to give you that information. You can you come visit the state all you want, but I'm not giving you that information. So just, you know, take a flying leap. That's what those, I hope those sheriffs in Missouri will do um, to, uh, to, to just refuse to cooperate with officers of the union, that is the prescribed way to nullify any unconstitutional act of agents of the general government, Sam. Amen to that. And by the way, there is for sure one uh, sheriff. He's a Republican. He's in what's called Scotland County, Missouri. He's the sheriff there. His name is Brian Whitney. And he basically said to his residents, look, I will not comply. Now, the agency threatens to arrest him, but he says, look, if I have to go down, I will. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not turning over any of this information. Not willing to do it. 
He said, even under the threat of arrest, I will not release this information. They don't have any authority for it. There's no precedent for it. And I will not give that to them. Now, I find this fascinating because this goes along the line of Sheriff Richard Max win over Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court. This should be settled if people know how to use the court case precedent in our favor, Lowell. Uh, anti-commandeering basically is the doctrine, and that doctrine was um, verified, fulfilled, and vindicated in the Sheriff Max Supreme Court decision. And so, yeah, that sheriff you just mentioned in Missouri is fully within his rights to deny that information to the federal government because the federal government cannot commandeer any state officer for any reason. You can't force a state uh, uh, officer or a sheriff of a county to give you information. You cannot do it. It, it. It's just unconstitutional. And so, you know, that sheriff was fully within his rights to deny that information. Sam? Roger that, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a battle on our hands. On literally, it seems like everything you can imagine. It's just shocking. The FBI basically has a statement where they're attacking Missouri over this. And um, in, in my mind, the FBI is just out of control on so many fronts, ladies and gentlemen. Why aren't people calling for the abolition of the FBI? That's my question. Why are people so quiet, so taciturn, whatever term you want to use, uh, we need to get bold and say, look, these unconstitutional agencies that are acting rogue without authority need to absolutely be stopped. And the only way to stop them that I can tell now is to completely shut them down. Okay, they're unconstitutional, so we just need to shut them down. Hey, right, one final story. Point. Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to make about this, Sam, on your show is because if they're going to Missouri, they're also coming to your state. And this is a national show. That means we've got people all over the country, Arkansas, Louisiana, Vermont, Arizona, everywhere. And so if, they, if the FBI sent those letters to sheriffs in, in Missouri, you can, you can bet that they are coming to a sheriff near you. So no matter where you live, no matter what your state, then, you know, you, and, and, and if you're a sheriff listening to this show, you can bet that they're going to be coming after that information in your jurisdiction as well so just be prepared and uh, you know get your gather your courage and and um, and and just nullify you know their their attempt to get that information from you and, and quadruple uh, down on the pushback ladies and gentlemen let's get yeah. it done speaking of the several states arizona is in an interesting battle lol <laughs> this is another piece of awesome news sam I don't know where why we we're talking about so much great news this this week, but I was I'm happy to talk about it when it popped up here in Arizona. They recently passed a law. Um, it was uh, signed on July 7th. Okay, so that was just what a month ago, a uh, month and a half ago. And this law, HB 2853, sponsored by Representative Ben Toma. Uh, number again, HB 2853. I looked at it last night. It's an excellent law. Basically, it made money available to private and homeschoolers. You know, money that would otherwise have been spent on them in public schools. Well, now it's basically it's called the Empowerment Scholarship Account or the ESA, Empowerment Scholarship Account. And uh, what 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 the deal was is that nearly seven thousand dollars for every student K through 12 who wants to attend a private school or to be homeschooled 
the Arizona Department of Education website has been overwhelmed with parents seeking that money, that, that economic freedom. Well, the credit becomes available on September 24th, right? That's a month from now, but parents are applying for it in advance. Arizona has 1.1 million students, K through 12, and all of whom now have the option, Sam, of taking 90% of the state funding, which would have been allocated to the student's public or charter school for private school tuition, homeschooling, tutoring, and other educational needs such as transportation, textbooks, and computers. Also permitted is the cost of specialized teachers for subjects such as foreign language, arts, and music. Wow, Sam, this really puts the power back in the hands of the parents, you know, those who are best suited to make decisions for their children's education. And I, I view this as a really marvelous development in the education arena. Of course, I don't like the strings, you know, the regulations that are attached, but it is a win for freedom, a step in the right direction, so to speak, in a system where taxpayers are policed against their will. At least now, they have an opportunity to get some back some of that money to fund the education of their children as they see fit. So, and I'm guilty, of, I'm guilty of wanting the whole enchilada, ladies and gentlemen. I say that's not good because it'll put money in the hands of uh, people then that'll be compromised with the strings attached, and it will then eventually... Um, those groups will be, uh, you know, lobbying and advocating to keep the money flowing. Those are the concerns. However, yeah. Kurt Crosby reminds me, and Lowell Nelson reminded me once again, it's incremental, Sam. You can't get the whole enchilada or you'll get nowhere. This is a start, and at least people can teach what they want under these scenarios, kind of like charter schools. They're not perfect, but they're way better than the propaganda schools. And even though they're you know, government Sam. schools, they're not perfect, but they're a lot better, and it's a step in the right direction, Lowell. That's right. Thomas Jefferson said, the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches. So this is just another inch in the long play, Sam. It's a good, it's a good direction. Roger that. Thank you so much, Lowell. Ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job on your radio. It's all about God, family, and country, and the protection of life, liberty, and property. It's all about we the people waking up and taking action in the culture war to promote all that we hold dear. Will you help us? LovingLiberty.net. God save the republic.